In John chapter 10, verse 10, in the message paraphrase, it says, a thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. And that's reference of the enemy. And then Jesus, I came, I came so that they, that's you, say that's me, I came so they can have real and eternal life, look at this part, more and better, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. And so we're looking at this whole idea of better. And I just believe this, that God wants better for us. How many of you would think God has more that he wants to do in your life than currently is is happening in your life? 17 of you. (laughs) Come on, how many of you think... God has better for you. Now, let's qualify this for a moment, okay? Because some people get things out of balance here. When we're talking about better for your life, please do not immediately run to your finances. And there are a lot of people in, quote, Christian world and television and so forth. Everything is about finances. Can I tell you that actually Jesus teaches finances are the least of these? How about having favor in life? How about sleeping well? How about having some wisdom, some guidance, and things like that? And, of course, God is able to help you and provide for you and bless you and even prosper you. But let's get things in the right order here and keep them in the right order. But I believe in all areas of your life, and we'll see this, in all areas of your life, I just believe that God has better for us. He wants better for us. Here's the other side of that coin. He wants better from us. He wants better of us. And uh, what we're trying to do in this series, as we do with everything here, is we're trying to help you to move from where you are to where God wants you to be. Okay, weigh that out. Where you are and where God wants you to be. Go to our title, Better. Which one's better? Where you are or where God wants you to be, you know? And, And that's a progressive journey, too. And so any progress on this journey is going to be better than where you are right now. And I believe we can cooperate with God and expect God's favor and help in our life, and it's going to be better. Um, In Isaiah chapter 55, if you'll go there with me, Isaiah 55, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. So this is the Lord speaking. Look in verse 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, and they are, so are, in the same way, my ways higher than your ways. How many of you know that his ways are higher than your ways? We you, you allow me this? The Lord is saying, my ways are higher. My ways are better. My ways are better than your ways. Will, will you go with that this morning, that his ways are, are better than your ways? And my thoughts then, and it's implied so we can insert it, my thoughts higher than your thoughts. My thoughts are better than your thoughts. So would you give it up this morning that, that God's ways and thoughts are better than your ways and thoughts? I kind of like having a God that can outthink me. You know, I've been in, in uh, situations before where you're, you're getting coached or counseled or, or whatever else, and you're able to outthink the person that's supposed to be teaching you or helping you or whatever. I'm so glad that God is way, way better, way beyond, way higher than in his thoughts and ways than our thoughts and ways. And so better. So this morning, what, what we want to look at is how to live better. Uh, kind of a rhetorical question here, but how many of you would like things to go better, be better, get better? You'd like, you'd like that. It's the same 17. <laughs> let, me, uh, 
ratchet it up just a little bit. How many of you need things to go better, be better, get better? All right. Understand this. Most things, most things are not going to improve or get better by themselves. It's not just, you, you can't, I just don't think in life you can say, ah, it'll get better. Maybe a little rash on the back of your arm might get better. But for relationships and for direction and situations in life and your finances and your health and other different things, they're not going to improve. They're not going to get better just on their own. Uh, can they get better? Yes. I believe it's available, but it is not automatic. Did you hear that? It's available, but it's not automatic. So what do we do? We have to be intentional. We have to be intentional. This this has to be on purpose. We've got to find out what does it take? What do I need to do? Lord, is there something you want me to do? And then as we apply that in our life, I believe that things can get better. It's available, but it's not automatic. What it requires of us is that we be intentional. Everybody say intentional. And I, I believe this, that God gives attention to our intentionality. He gives attention to what we are intentional about. And I think that's where improvement and things can get better. Amen. Now, certainly there are unique and specific things and aspects that you can address. You know, the things that you look at, okay, for this situation, for my marriage, for that thing at work, or this uh, problem that we're facing or this project I'm working on or my finances or whatever it would be. I think there are some specific things that you should address, but I'm going to go beyond that today. And we're going to go into the inner workings of this. Okay. And this, you cannot circumvent this. You cannot just go around these things that I want to share with you that will help you. These are four, uh, vital inner workings of all of this. And I, uh, let me go to the scripture first of all to set this up. In, in 3 John, uh, there's only one chapter, verse 2. It says this, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper, note the word here, prosper in, in what? All Come on, in, in what things? All. all things. And be in health just as your soul prospers. Now this word prosper, prospers here in the Greek New Testament, uh, and you don't have to remember this, there's not a test, Okay but uh, it's the word eudo, and that's uh, E-U-D-O-O. And it has to do with a, the idea of this, to go well with you, to have a good journey. It's for things to link together and go right. Smooth passage, good, successful, prosperous journey. So what he's saying is that in, in all things of life, John is praying, he's praying that things would go well with you. And sometimes that means for things to get better for you. And he says this though, just as your soul prospers. So let me put it this way. This is contingent upon this. So what he's saying is as it goes well in you, it'll go well outside of you. Listen, we live from the inside out. We live from the inside out. You want to be happy out here? You got to get happy in here first. If you're waiting for everything out here to line up to make you happy, you're never going to be happy. Did you hear me? You're never going to be happy. Well, I'm so discontent. You got to get content in here. What happens in here is going to come out here. And if you're angry and confused and, uh, you know, greedy or whatever it is on the inside, that's going to come out too. 
But for life to go well, for things to get better, it's going to have to happen on the inside first. And so I want to go inside today and let's look at some vital inner workings here of living from the inside out so that things can get better. I want to use the idea, the the metaphor, if we can, this morning of four power cells. Okay, so these are almost like batteries that are going to power us in life. And let me give them to you, and then we're going to break them down this morning. First one is this, spiritual. Second of all is emotional. Thirdly is physical. And then last of all is relational. Okay, so I want you to think of these as these four batteries, these four power cells that we have. And this is what's going to make life run for you. And here's the thing. We all have all of these. We all have all of these. So we've, we've all got our batteries, so to speak. Now, what you need to know about each of these is as you go through life, as you go through a day, as you go through two days, as you go through a month, as you go through life, get this, don't miss this, all of these auto-drain. They auto-drain. You're going to, at the end of the day, feel a little drained, a little drained, a little drained, maybe a lot drained, okay? And then day after day, these drain, they auto-drain. But look at me, but they do not auto-refill. They do not auto refill. And this is what we've got to look at. This is the key. How can I recharge? How can I refill in these areas? And that is essentially going to help us to live, to live better. Um, I've got my microphone here and then there's a battery pack here and it's actually surgically implanted. It it (laughs) goes down my artery and out my spleen and Uh, Not really. Um, I just kind of tuck it all in. But I've got a battery pack there. And on the battery pack is a, well, let me open it up for you. And there's batteries in the battery pack. And uh, I feel like Iron Man or something. Uh, And there's a little indicator window there. And I check that indicator window. Now, they have me change my batteries all the time. Because we don't want to save $2 and end up, mid-service having to change batteries. You know, let's see how far we can go on this. That's the way a lot of y'all live. Okay. So, so before a service, I'm changing the batteries in there. But what I love about this thing is a little indicator window on there. And it'll show you, it's got a little picture of a battery and it shows how far down it is. And don't you wish we had windows like that? Don't you wish you just had like on your wrist and you go, whoa, I need to go home. <laughs> you know? Uh, guess what? You might not see your windows, but everybody else does see your window. And he is not himself. Get him a Snickers. Okay? Too many people are living depleted in one or more of these areas. We have drained down and we don't know how to refill. There's some things just out of the goodness of God. How many of you know that the Lord, one of the things he does, the Lord our shepherd, is he restores our soul. But we've got to, and I'm thanking him for that this morning. But what we've got to do, and that's what we're going to spend our time on this this morning, are really just some practical ways and spiritual ways that we can recharge and, and refill. And, and I cannot overemphasize this enough how important this is. Look at, look at me, everybody. This could save your name. 
This could save your marriage. This could save your career. This could save your mental health. This could save your life. Because when you live depleted, you're weak and limited to temptation. Temptation come and you're depleted in these areas, you're not going to be strong enough to resist right. Uh, Crisis come, pressure comes, the load of life comes, and you're going to look at your little window, I just don't have it. I just don't have it. And you're going to make bad decisions. You're going to make bad decisions. You're going to make bad choices. And when you live depleted, I'm going to promise you, it's not going to get better. When you're living depleted, you're not going to get better. Your creativity is not going to get better. Your production is not going to get better. Your relationships are not going to get better. Your joy, your peace, anything is not going to get better if you live depleted. And so we've got to be aware, first of all, these things auto drain, but they do not auto refill. And so we have to be intentional about how, how we do this. And let me say this to you. Small adjustments make a huge impact. Just small adjustments. You should smile about this. Small adjustments are going to have massive impact and make a huge difference in our lives. So let's go ahead and break these down. First of all, let's look at spiritual. Spiritual. This one must be first. And not only must it be the first and most important, I think it needs to be the first that happens in your day. It needs to be the first thing that you do in your day. Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other things will be added to you. Second Chronicles 26, 5, as long as he sought the Lord, and that idea in the uh, Old Testament Hebrew has an idea of firstness about it. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Look with me in Psalm 63, verse 1. Oh God, you are my God. Watch this carefully. Early early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Guess what happens in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water? You end up depleted. You end up falling out. You end up faint, weary, and so forth. So David recognizes this thirst, this longing, I am in a dry and thirsty land. Look at me. You are in a dry and thirsty world. And there is no water. Jesus is the only one that has the living water. And so what you've got to do is get to him. And you need to get to him early. Y'all didn't hear me. You're still trying to preserve your right to sleep in a little bit. Isn't it amazing that sometimes your first decision of the day is to hit snooze. Your first decision of the day is to procrastinate. You know, and instead, you've got to realize, you know what? I'm about to go out into a dry and thirsty world and there is no water out there. And so what we've got to go is go to him. And and this word says, early will I seek you. The Hebrew Old Testament right here, this word has the idea of first. It has the idea of dawn. It has to, has to do with early, diligent, earnest, but first. You could say, first, I will seek you. And so I wouldn't wait until after lunch. I wouldn't wait till you got home and finished your day, you know, because you're going to only be further depleted. Why not fully recharge before you even start things out? Can I get an amen even though you don't like it? All right. Here's a, here's a couple of practical ways to do this. And let me just say, I'm not talking about you got to get up four hours early. Seriously, just, just to start with, here's a great beginning place. 
first and final 15. Your first 15 minutes of the day, your final 15 minutes of the day. Give that to God. It'll be amazing. After a while, you'll want more. You'll want more, but at least do that. Here's a couple practical things you can do. Get, get into a quiet place, quiet time. I first of all started getting up really early because it's the only time I could get quiet. I raised five kids, y'all. And, and the only way to get quiet was to, to get up while they were still unconscious. And, and so, but it works for me. And I wouldn't trade it for anything. And I make sure it happens. Even if I get to bed late the night before, I'm not going to start my new day in debt. I'll believe God for a nap later in the day or something. But, but we've, we've got to make sure that we start out and get some quiet time. Get quiet. Kneel. I will kneel every day. And I don't say this to draw attention to myself, but every morning, one of the first things I do is bow before a holy God and tell him that I know that he's God and thank him that I couldn't even have gotten up this morning. I wouldn't have woke up this morning had it not been for you. And to let him know that I'm thankful for him in my life. It's just brief, just brief. You say, well, if I stay down there too long, I'll never get up, you know, but just briefly before God and just kneel that outward kneeling and, and bowing. You say, well, I, I can't do that. I don't bend so well anymore, but do what you can do what you can to acknowledge God. And this thought, and I told you this a couple of weeks ago too, this thought occurs to me. If you dropped your Big Mac, I bet you'd find a way to get down. <laughs> You're going to find a way to get it. I just say, do your best. Take some time to read. Read God's Word. Worship. Listen. Think. Wait on Him. And a big, big key is to seek God with your mind and your heart. Your mind and your heart. Get this principle. The heart cannot be in what the mind is not on. The heart cannot be in what the mind is not on. So if I will intentionally put my mind on what I'm doing, which means this, and I've had to do this before. I've got, a, I've got an iPad, you know, tablet, and I have a lot of things loaded in there that I'll read, great devotionals and different things. But then sometimes I'm doing that and all of a sudden a headline pops up. Well, I better check that out. You know, your Facebook notification. Can I tell you that time with God and him being your friend is going to do you better than you checking up on all your Facebook friends? You know, and but they're my friends. Yeah, but they're, they, they're not going to add to you in the way that God would add to you. Put that off till later. Okay. But make sure that your, your heart cannot be in what your mind is not on. We're going to have to get our mind on this. It's a learned skill. You can do it. And you get your mind on it, you're going to be able to put your heart into it. There are other ways to help replenish and recharge yourself spiritually. You're doing one today. Church days affect the rest of your days. Church days help to charge you up. U version, Y-O-U version. There's, there's ways that you can get great Bible studies and devotions and reading plans and so forth to help you in this. But again, you're going to have to recharge yourself spiritually. The second one is this, emotional. This tends to couple with your mental part as, as well. And the way to recharge emotionally, you ready for this, is to take a break and to unwind. We tend to, well, let me make it personal. I tend to work and then work some more and work some more. And I tend to think 
and then think some more and plan, plan and plan. And you know what happens with that then? It doesn't just stay at the office. It it comes in between and after dinner and sometimes during and, and, and all of that. And you know what? All work and no play makes Timmy G a weird kid. Okay? And, and so what we've got to do is we've got to unwind. It's, it's kind of like the spring in a, in a clock. Look at this picture here. As long as we're working and thinking and working and thinking, it just gets wound tighter, tighter, tighter until eventually, boing, you know. And what we've got to do is, is let go sometimes and just let this unwind. There's some things you're going to have to do, just, you know, kind of some wholesome diversion that just helps you to just unwind and, and breathe and learn to walk slow and breathe deep. And so, you know, thinking and working. Some of y'all have, would say, I have no problem with thinking and working. And to you, I'd say, you need to think about that a little more, you know? <laughs> And maybe work at it a little more. But see, some of us are wired where it's working and thinking, working and thinking, you know, and that's one of the reasons I'm really looking forward to just unwinding a little bit. And when, and when we do that, I've already decided what books I'm going to take, you know, and you've got to find things, go for walks, go for a swim, read, find a hobby, laugh, cry, Jeep ride, paddle a kayak, sit on the porch, go fishing, find ways to unwind. And when you unwind, you actually allow yourself to replenish emotionally. Let's look physically. You're not going to like this one, okay? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and you are the, you are the one responsible for it. You are to be a steward of your body. I knew it would get quiet at this point. You're responsible for the upkeep of your body. And can I say this to all of you, and especially any of you that are approaching retirement age or beyond, keep it moving. Because when you stop moving it, it will stop moving. Keep it moving. Some of y'all have become like the tin man, you know? And I'm just trying to oil you a little bit today and get you going. Keep it moving. Your body is meant to keep moving. A musical instrument, you take it and put it in the case and put the case up and leave it alone, it starts to just deteriorate. You take a bicycle and put the kickstand down and put it over in the corner of your garage and just leave it, it will deteriorate. You can take a house and just shutter it all up and close it up and walk out of it and leave it and it will deteriorate. Things are meant, you are meant to keep going, to keep moving. And when you keep going, keep writing, keep playing, keep living, when you're doing all of those things, that's going to keep you, keep you going. You have to recharge physically. Now, here's the thing. Well, I'm too tired. Well, here's the deal. What you sow, you will reap. If you will sow energy, you will reap energy. If you will put out energy, you will get energy back. Some of you are looking at me like you're mad at me, but it's all right. This will help you. You'll thank me. If you will put out the energy, you're going to start to reap a harvest of energy back, back into your life. How many of you know that I'm telling the truth here this morning? So here's some things. Exercise. I mean, you don't have, you know, you're 90. I wouldn't expect you to start CrossFit. Okay. But you can start to walk. You can start to do some things. Just shake your foot in your chair. Just get, just get going. Exercise. 
eating. You've got to fuel your body right. Fuel your body better than what you're doing. How many of you know that in America, we eat more garbage than we put out? I mean, we're eating stuff that's supposed to be food. We put real lemon juice into detergent, and then we have artificial lemon in our food, okay? I mean, it just doesn't make... It doesn't make sense. And we've got to be careful. I mean, be intentional about this and start to fuel your body better. Rest properly. Stretching is good. Hydrate yourself. Keep yourself hydrated. Just by drinking more water, you're going to feel better. You go, hang on. I came to church for a spiritual message. This will help you. And as far as hydrating, I'll just go ahead and tell you, Mountain Dew is not going to do it for you. Okay. So hydrate and help yourself to restore and replenish physically. One last one. One last one. Relational. We've got to start recharging relationally. And I think the place to start is is closest to you. Closest to you. We tend to neglect and take for granted the relationships closest to us. Well, they know us. They understand us and so forth. Don't do that. Don't do that. Those are your most prized, most cherished relationships. For those of you that are married, listen to this. Don't let your wedlock become a deadlock or a headlock. <laughs> Relationships are the only thing we take out of here. Well, I got the new upgrade on the new fancy duty. You know, good for you, but you're, you know, you die, it stays here. The only thing that we take out of here is, is relationships. Here's some things about relationship. Oh, I just read this too. Time Magazine just put this out. That just the smell of coffee causes people to be nicer to each other. So even if you don't drink coffee at your house, get your percolator, all right? Get some coffee beans, sprinkle them behind the couch. All right, just do it. Your words, time spent, meals together, invest in one another, give full attention, put down your stinking phone, look at each other, talk to each other, go for walks, learn their love languages. I've I've got them here for you real quick. These are the love languages. I know what Alicia's love languages are. I know what my children's love languages are. I know what my close friend's love language. First of all, words of affirmation. Who doesn't like that for somebody to affirm you with words? Second of all, acts of service, that you do something to help them. Thirdly, receiving gifts. Come on. Next, quality time. And then lastly, physical touch. Words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, physical touch. These are the five love languages. Find out the people around you. Find out what works for them. Some people don't care about gifts, but they just want you to to touch their hand. Some of y'all haven't touched each other in forever. Reach over while you're driving. Just grab their hand. They're, what? what? <laughs> Stay on your side of the car. <laughs> Shake it up. And listen, I have this in my heart this morning too. Some of you have fallen out of love with each other. Try to fall back in love. God will help you. I said God will help you. Don't let it all... Be boring and dead and gone. Your, your alternatives are not good. You want to live miserable when God could help you? Go back and rediscover the love languages and, and, and start to invest and replenish relationally. Because I'm telling you, if you're relationally broke, it's going to drain you every day. It's going to drain you every day. 
Let's get some real joy and real love back into our homes, into our relationships. All right, real quick. Elijah, you remember him, great prophet of God. He did mighty exploits for God. One time he raised a, a boy from the dead. He multiplied things. Miracles took place. He called down fire from heaven. And then he got to a place where spiritually, emotionally, physically, and relationally, he was just spent. He's just depleted. He sat under a broom tree and then he crawled into a cave. He was sad. He was discouraged. He was depressed. He was even partially suicidal. And somehow, though, he got rest, quiet, diet, and he heard from God. And he got recharged. And he got replenished. And he finished out his course in an amazing way. And then he took off out of here in a chariot of fire. And you know what? You might be in that place today. You might be saying, woe is me, and this is horrible. And I don't. You, know, you know what? Speaking, the, de- the depleted you. The batteries are gone in you. And you've got to recharge and replenish so that things can be better for you. I use the idea of the four batteries, but real quickly, I want to shift gears and let's think of four wheels, okay? Spiritual, emotional, physical, relational. You've got to have all those. You can't bypass any of these, but especially spiritual. And those are your four wheels. And guess who's trying to derail you? The enemy of your soul. And if he can just sneak in and deflate a little bit here and deflate a little bit there so that you uh, just run out or have a blowout, all he's trying to do is get you stranded somewhere, get you depleted and stuck somewhere so that you're miserable and you can't help anybody else. That's the plan of the enemy. But I'm telling you, the plan of God is you keep going to him, even though this world is dry and thirsty and there is no water, and we continue to put out help and do our best. God bless you in your efforts, but we've got to replenish. Replenish yourself spiritually. Replenish yourself emotionally. Replenish yourself physically and relationally. And I'm telling you, be intentional about it. God pays attention to what we're intentional about. And just little adjustments, little changes are going to have incredible impact on you in those ways. And you're going to be recharged. And I'll tell you what, you're going to be better on every hand. You're going to be better all the way around. It's something we're going to have to do the rest of our lives. 